0: From the Asset Builder headquarters in Dallas, Texas, welcome to Keep It Simple, a show that discusses simple techniques and philosophies to help de stressify investors around the world. I'm your host, Jared Herzog, and welcome to the show. Today, we're talking with our very own intelligible, delightful, and knowledgeable investment advisor representatives, Janet Griffith and Adam Morse. Today, we ask, how much of your income should you be investing? Is there a universal magic percentage or formula, or is it just a matter of investing what you can invest? And should you pay off all your debt before investing anyway? Well, find out today on another informative episode of Keep It Simple. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Keep it simple each and every week. You may email us with podcast episode suggestions at podcast at assetbuilder.com. You can also find show notes for every episode at assetbuilder.com slash podcast. All right, without further ado, let's get to the show. How are you guys doing today? doing good, Jared. <laughs> So, today I forgot a dongle, which means that Adam and I are sharing a mic. So, if you hear some noise and uh, some laughing, that's because of that. They're laughing at me. <laughs> uh, so, how are you doing today, Miss Janet and Mr. Adam?
1: I'm doing great. I'm, I'm doing impressed great. that you put this all together in a program you've never uh, seen before. So Yeah, we're
2: not laughing at you, we're. We're impressed. We're in awe because this, uh, <laughs> this was put together very quickly. I feel like Jared and I are doing a duet right now, so it's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be fun. This will help me talk less,
0: which we could all benefit from anyway, so it's no. good. Take the mic out of my hands. No, I again.
1: like Adam talking a lot because then that means I don't have to. Well,
0: Miss Shanna, you're the one, only one with a consistent mic today, so just get ready.
1: Wish I could sing. I would just do that. That'd be cool. <laughs> So today, no, we would lose all our listeners.
0: So today we are singing about uh, how much <laughs> of your income should you invest? Uh, this is a really, as as far as I found, a really uh, very often Googled topic. So um, I thought it'd be interesting to see what these guys thought um, about how much of your income you should be investing. Because obviously it depends on your unique situation. Wouldn't you say, Adam? I would. I mean, if you're, you know, working part time in school and you're making
2: you know, $1,200 a month or $1,000 a month and, you know, 400 of that's going to rent. And, you know, to say 10%, well, $100 might be really tough to manage Mm -hmm. each month. So, you know, obviously it's relative to how much you have coming in, but I think for most people, if you're on a set income, whether that's salary or hourly, it's typically going to be in the same ballpark on your pay period. So I think, the idea here is to come up with a few simple, easy to remember, easy to implement metrics that are going to help you, you know, routinely get money into the market. We talked about it last episode with compound interest. That's mm-hmm. the most important thing is letting that time work for you. So I think metrics like this make it kind of easy and, and kind of sticks out in your brain is, okay, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to overcomplicate it. Just, you know, every mm-hmm. two weeks or every month it's going in.
0: That's a really awesome answer. Um, so, Ms. Janet, as far as my research went, I found that most experts seem to say that, uh, that we should be investing about 15% of our pre-tax income, but why not just invest all available cash on hand? I mean, does it have to be 15%?
1: Well, no. I mean, obviously you could invest more, but I think that is kind of the general rule of thumb when people ask that question, if you can set aside uh, 15% of your income and and invest it for long-term savings, then, then that will help you uh, meet those long-term goals. So, for instance, if you started at age 30 um, and you only make $30,000 a year and you set aside 15% now and you're getting about an 8 to 10% return on your investment, you should have a million dollars by the time you're 65. So, so that's a proven strategy. goes back to what we talked about last week, starting young, investing in, in 15% of your income. If you can set that aside, we'll certainly go a long ways in helping you meet those goals. Um, there is a common kind of formula out there. It's the 50-15-5 rule, which is 50% of your earnings is for your spending, your your everyday, your essential, your entertainment, those sorts of things. Uh, fifteen percent for your long-term investing and five percent for your short-term investing to cover your um, your emergency fund and whatever you're saving for within the within a year's time. So, and we can break that down and talk about what your long-term saving goals should include and and short-term and medium-term, all of that for you. But certainly, if you you know, most people probably make more if you're working for. A living in, mm. you know if you're in college that's one thing but most people probably make more than than thirty thousand dollars a year so so certainly fifteen percent should well no actually it's 69. Ooh, we have a disagreement the u.s census bureau says that the median household income household. I'm, I'm sorry oh, I meant individual. you're right you're yeah. right you're right household income is sixty nine thousand. So, sorry about that. (laughs) So, anyway, that is just to say it doesn't matter how much you make, little, you make a lot. 15% is a good, just a good target. Now, does that include your 401k? Yes, it does. So, yeah, if you have a 401k and, say, you put in 5% and your company matches 5%, there's 10% of your 15% right Mm -hmm. there, so...
2: I think it should. I mean, we're talking about pre, pre-tax dollars, right? So that's that includes your 401k. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I've even fallen victim to this um, in my own life. I didn't really start seriously think about saving for retirement and investing, right? Because you don't, I mean, at least my story, I didn't quite recognize that I was kind of in a career now, like in a grown-up sense, right? Once I had kids, not even right when I had kids, right when I had kids, I was just trying to you know keep the train on the tracks i was barely surviving Mm because they were you know they're so little but as i saw them start growing i I started noticing how quickly time was passing Mm -hmm. and that for me was kind of thing that clicked i go man i've been you know doing this now for long enough i'm getting old enough where i need to actually start taking this seriously because beforehand i think it's easier there's a human component that makes it easy to say well like with anything, I'll do that later and I'll just do more of it. In other words, like it might be harder to save. It feels hard to save, let's say 10% today because, well, you know, I'm fresh out of school or I haven't gotten that promotion yet or I just had this car thing happen. I had to pay for that. There's always going to be reasons Mm -hmm. we can find not to do it. And you justify the not doing it or not, you know, because what you're really doing is not delaying gratification because you're going to spend that money on something Mm -hmm. else. And you justify it by saying, "Well, I'll just save twenty percent, mm-hmm. you know, the next time, or when I get mm-hmm. that raise, or well, when I'm making that right. much, I won't care because I'll be making so much more money." I can assure you, and I'm not mm-hmm. setting the world on fire by any. I'm not a, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not a billionaire <laughs> over here, but you know, as you get older, your income does rise, and I can tell you, it never feels like it. It right. never you never reach a certain point where you go. Man, yeah, all this disposable exactly cash right. just like throwing itself into your investment accounts and your IRAs. You are always, you're always going to have that feeling mm-hmm. of having to part with it because that money always represents, there's opportunity cost mm-hmm. with every dollar. So if I put that into my account, no matter what you're making in the future, you're still going to want to do something else with it. And mm-hmm. it's always going to be easier right. to do something else with it. Right. So the, the point would be, I guess, that I'm trying to make is a smaller number today that doesn't feel as painful is going to be easier than Mm -hmm. a larger number later. Mm -hmm. Even if you think you can tell yourself, Mm -hmm. I'll make more later and, you know, well, 10% of that much bigger number is still a good number. Whatever the case is, Mm -hmm. pick a number that that you can stomach and Mm -hmm. start now, no matter what age you are.
1: Absolutely. I was a victim as well when I was age 30. I was not doing this and I wish that someone would have, you know, pounded this into my head for sure because, you know, I'm, approaching that time in my life where I should have already attained some of these goals. And I have not because I started so much later in life. But yeah, I mean, if you can, and if you have the 401k, that's an easy way to do it. If you don't, then you can still set up uh, an account with a brokerage firm and have it come out of your paycheck, go directly there. So you don't see it. And if you don't see it, then you're just like your taxes, they come out, you don't see it. So you don't spend it. If it didn't come out and you spent it and then the tax bill came around, you're yeah. in trouble, right? So treat your, your investment savings the same. Have it automatically come out. Don't ever see it.
2: So I would be interested. I mean, I'm stepping on Jared's toes here because Jared's supposed to ask the questions and they're better questions. Uh-huh. But like, I mean, I wish you hear from both of you because in a sense, I'm, there are probably people hearing this going, like, yeah, great. You're telling me to save money. Like, really awesome advice. You know, I couldn't come up with that on my own. But like, so what is the reason then? If it's so common sense, like we we know for a fact that Americans don't do this well.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: We know. I mean, all the data shows, especially younger Americans, they're not saving well. So why? Like, if we're making it sound like it's so easy, it's just 10%. Don't think about it. Mm -hmm. Like, what are those excuses that we keep telling ourselves? Because maybe, maybe we could find in there like a common thread, you know, that we all can, can work on or that we all kind of as human beings fall victim to, because there's gotta be a common reason, Mm -hmm. right? That at least, or at least like me and should go back and forth because similar age, same gender, all those things, (laughs) all those things. Like, I think there's gotta be a reason. Okay. So say that in the mic.
0: One in four Americans have absolutely no retirement savings. I'm looking for the one where it's like the one of 55 year olds. It's like, yeah, sixty-four percent of Americans are not prepared for retirement. Forty-eight mm-hmm. percent don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so it's twenty-five. It's twenty-five percent of U.S. adults have no retirement sa- savings whatsoever.
1: Right. Well, I think from the generation before me, so many of them, Social Security was their retirement savings, right? And so for my mom, that's Is that in
2: their home, right? That was kind of the thing, right? Yep. So
1: that was their savings. So they didn't really think about. As far as I know, my experience, I'm sure there are others who did and, and investing was kind of a, a thing for the rich people only, you know. You you know, if you didn't if you weren't wealthy, you really didn't have the means to hire someone to invest for you, right? Well, nowadays you don't have to hire someone to invest. We would like for you to hire us, but you don't have to. You can do it yourself. It's not super complicated. And you know what? If you only have Adam talked about this last week. If you only have $20 a week, start there. And before you know it, you know, you will have, you will have a little nest egg growing for you. It's slow. It, it, it looks slow. But once you get to a certain point, say 10, 20 years down the road, and all that's compounding on top of it is when you see that, that huge growth starting to take place.
2: So you want to know a fun fact? you mentioned social security and Mm -hmm. how that was most people's retirement. Mm -hmm. Social security was uh, begun in 1935, but I think it was more, there was like a a earlier form of social security that Mm -hmm. didn't broadly apply. It was more broadly rolled out in the forties and fifties. Correct. But in the, Average life expectancy for men in 1935 fifty nine point nine. For women, it was sixty four. Basically,
1: right. And when we're helping our clients plan for retirement, we're planning for them to live well into their eighties.
2: Sometimes not uncommon nineties now. So
1: so I mean, it's just it's a long time. So in 1950,
2: it was sixty five for men, seventy one for women, respectively. mm -hmm. So let's say you took Social Security at sixty two. If you're a man. Less than four years that that Social Security has to fund you, right? Mm -hmm. So this is why the the math worked back then. Right. This is why we run into problems now. People go, well, man, how are Mm -hmm. you ever going to live on Social Security? Well, it wasn't really designed Mm -hmm. to be a 30-year life insurance policy.
1: Right. And it doesn't really keep up with inflation, right? So what my mom earns now is what it was actually what my dad paid in, which was so many years ago. And the check is, is pretty small. And that's mm-hmm. that's hard for her to meet just her basic needs out of that check, right? So yeah. so it's very important. And I I remember hearing things when I was younger about the social security system and it not being enough. So I think it's been socialized enough in right. America that we do need to be saving for our retirement. But why people don't, get it and do it I don't know I think part of it is you touched on earlier they don't think they make enough to save right so especially when you're in your 20s and 30s starting well, out
2: and I so to go back to that stat Jared it was one in four right one in four Americans have no retirement savings now, I don't know how they're categorizing that right. I don't know if that means just what IRAs ages are they for, yeah. What, yeah, yeah. whatever but it's too high of a number even mm-hmm. if it's half that number it's too high right, right. so whatever that is I guess the only kind of cover all actual excuse that would quote unquote justify that
1: mm-hmm.
2: is those people, that, w- that one out of four people, they don't have any income. Like they mm-hmm. have no, literally their, their costs of survival outweigh what they have coming in. And for those people, of course, I think there's an argument to be made, well, there should be some sort of safety net for those people. There should be something, you know, we as a society should account for those individuals mm-hmm. and should lift those people up.
0: among among those 60 years or older, 13% have no retirement savings. So 13% of 60 year olds have nothing. They're on the doorstep.
2: They don't have a whole lot of time. So for, but I I don't think that category that I just kind of described, I don't think that's most of those people. Mm -hmm. I truly don't. I think a lot of that is societal and it's, Mm -hmm. it's a, I think a lot of it is a failure of our education system. I mean, I'm speaking for myself Mm -hmm. here. But I I was never taught any of these concepts Mm -hmm. in any part of elementary school, middle school, Mm -hmm. high school. No one ever took the time to sit down and go, like, what did we talk about last week? That took us 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. You couldn't have spared me 20 minutes out of any of those Mm -hmm. biology classes or whatever classes. Yeah, for that, like, how much better would we be off, right? So it just, I think, goes to show such a gaping hole in just what we what we highlight in our society, what we Mm -hmm. care about, the things that we talk about, Mm -hmm. what we're teaching young people.
1: Which is mostly spending. Consumerism is just...
2: Well, because that drives the economy, right? right? And the people that are already in a position to benefit from that are the ones that get Mm -hmm. to set that message. And Mm so, I just think we need to do a much better job of getting across how simple this stuff really can Mm be, right? Mm -hmm. Doesn't have to be a lot of money, just needs to be a regular amount of money. And that's the key, no matter what it is, And this is why I get back to that. I struggle mm-hmm. so much because I get made fun of. I, you know, I have a handful of friends that listen to this podcast more so just to, you know, make fun of me and that's <laughs> fine. And you know, we all need those people in our lives, I guess.
1: Maybe you need better friends. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I'm kidding.
2: And, you know, they'll make fun of me because I, I always kind of talk about that. Like it's that I have a foot in each camp. Kind of the, the boomers, quote unquote, saying like, hey, how about you don't have that avocado toast that's $18. And how about Mm -hmm. literally I won't say names because this will absolutely out, you know, the person that this is, but I was (laughs) on a, uh, my wife pointed it out to me. It's a friend of a, it's a relative of a friend of a friend of a friend. And on their Instagram was a post. And this post was multiple paragraphs. Won't go into detail, but basically just bemoaning their circumstance. Mm -hmm. They are, for whatever reason, fully unable to work, put effort in. like The, the whole world had conspired against them. And I'm, I, I joke you not. It was like a multi, mul, multiple pictures in the post, right? You could swipe through multiple pictures. It was either the second or the third picture in that post was of like a fancy ribeye meal. <laughs> and I'm sitting here going like, someone have better covered that bill for you because... The lack of awareness, and now I'm just ranting, but like the lack of awareness in that post is like, what are you talking Mm -hmm. about?
1: And I, I, if you cannot, absolutely cannot do the fifteen percent goal, then like Adam said, start because I promise you, once you start, you will get there because you will see it starting to work for you, and that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. You know, you can, you can earn more money through life as you get older, certainly. But as Adam says, it doesn't really feel like it. But this money growing for you exponentially over time is, is you're not having to work to do that. It's doing it for you. It's a beautiful thing. Please start.
2: I just thought of this metric. <laughs> and I don't even want to say it because I feel like I need to copyright or get it trademarked first because this is going to absolutely explode. <laughs> <laughs> I make it. I, I just thought of it, and I think it's good. <laughs> I think whatever your cheapest streaming subscription cost is is what you should invest each month. Okay, so do that, and do that for one year. Mm-hmm. The next year, double it.
0: Yeah, like an Acorns. You know, for every dollar or for every amount that's short of around dollar, it will invest that amount automatically and you'll end up investing, you know, 30 bucks a Mm -hmm. month, but that's a good way. You don't have to think about it. You just set it up. So again,
2: one of those reasons we Mm -hmm. don't have any excuses, right? That's an Ashton Kutcher VC led firm right there. Acorns. It's Yeah. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. But it, it just goes back to, if you have enough money, like, like I would bet a lot of these folks that aren't saving for retirement, they either got Netflix or they got Amazon Prime, or they've got, I don't care, something, Disney Mm -hmm. Plus, probably all of them, right? And you don't have to have those. So if your explanation is, well, I don't have enough after all those things, cancel one of them. Now you've got it, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's literally no excuse
0: Mm -hmm. at this point. Final question. We'll wrap this one up and Jan, I'll let you start off with this one. And we talked about this last time. Should you pay off debt first before you invest?
1: It depends on what kind of debt it is. Certainly, if you have credit card debt, then you really need to get that paid off. Absolutely. But, you know, if you can save just a little bit, $5 a week, start saving, and everything else you have that's extra pay off your debt with, then that gets you in that routine. So once that's paid off, you increase the amount you've been paying off your debt. Now put that in your investments you know, then that's, look how far ahead you are now. So so absolutely, you do need to work on, the goal is to not have any debt when you retire, right? Uh, but in America, we have a beautiful system called the mortgage, right? That helps everyone get into a home. I don't particularly see anything wrong with that. Uh, you know, it's not um, a compound interest rate. I mean, you have... The annuitization of, I guess, that payment, uh, which is a little bit different than just simple interest, but still, it's not a bad thing to help you get into a home, as long as you're careful with that, right? Not.
2: and you're also getting equity. Right. As opposed to like credit card debt. Right. No equity. Um,
1: As expensive as cars are now, it's hard to get into a car sometimes without Without a loan. So it's, you know, I know Dave Ramsey would probably hard, fire me. Is it hard <laughs> to get into a
2: car or is it hard to get into a car that looks cool?
1: Well, that's that's a good point. But today it's even hard to get into a used car. So sure. uh, depending on what your needs are. I mean, if mm. you don't have to drive very far to work, then no, you don't need much of a car. But if you are driving from North Plano to downtown Dallas, mm. then you probably need a reliable car to, to get you there Um, every day so so again that's something you need to take into consideration for sure but
2: well and we you know know, living if you live in america especially in certain places to more of an extreme than others we're in north dallas which you know there's a lot of materialism in Mm -hmm. north dallas and by the way i don't like anytime i go on these rants or start to sound maybe like a jerk Mm-hmm. i'm talking from places of like experience like i right. normally i'm so passionate about because i've normally made these mistakes myself almost always and so i'm not coming from a and place to me of, yeah i'm not Absolutely. coming from a place of judgment or better than mm-hmm. or whatever it's more of like mm-hmm. i've i've seen I, like i've i'm mad at myself for losing these opportunities that i can't get back so just please don't make these same mistakes mm-hmm. i'm not looking down on no. anybody that's why i love this job so much is because i get to come alongside people and hopefully, you know, learn from my mistakes and the mistakes that I witness others make mm-hmm. and help try to help people avoid them. But it is hard living where we live and, and a lot of places in America because it does, you know, we're humans and our minds are not impenetrable. And even though we know for a fact that a lot of people around us are pretending to have things, the perception is that they have them and mm-hmm. it makes it really hard to not either want to meet that bar or Mm -hmm. think that we deserve to also meet that bar exactly and it's it's really hard so i i sympathize with this idea of like well why should i have to drive the crappy car why should Mm -hmm. i have to you know forego all these things And the bottom line is look you're only hurting yourself by not no one's trying to jip you it's we're trying you will be the beneficiary of Mm -hmm. these decisions but it's so far down the road that it's hard to see and i get that but we, we, you're constantly bombarded with things, and it's you're never bombarded with the image of your future self 35 years from now. Well, what is Burying it that debt.
1: Dave Ramsey says, live like no one else, so that you can live yeah. like no one else? So, yeah, and I mean, I it, I'm probably messed that up, but no, but the bottom line it. is right, dead.
2: yeah. So, yeah, Jared just said, if you couldn't hear that, his dad drove a crappy car for many, many years. And I mean, Jared's dad was a doctor, I mean, successful, very successful person, and. Yeah, like he put the work in. Right. He got there. And but why? Like all these concepts, you know, they interweave with each other and there's a reason he's successful because he does have like he had the long term vision to see if I put the work in now in med school, there will be benefit. Just like he has mm-hmm. the long term vision to say if I forego the nice car today, I will get something better right. later. And so I think that's what it all boils down to. So to get back to the debt question. They both grow, right? Debt Mm -hmm. grows because the people that lend you money, that's their investment. Right. That's what you got to understand. The people that you owe money to, that was the investment they made for themselves. So someday you want to be the person Mm -hmm. lending money to somebody. So your debt's going to grow, your wealth or your investments, if you're making it, are going to grow. Ideally, you should be doing both, right? Even if Mm -hmm. it's a little bit, you should always be investing no matter what, but- it comes down to, if you have to make the choice, it comes down to just evaluating which one's gonna grow faster. Mm-hmm. Yep. You don't want that debt to, to, I mean, and the bottom line is credit card debt just grows so fast because it's such outlandish interest rates. So if you do have a lot of credit card debt, I would, you do want to make that your chief party, as Janet said, mm-hmm. like that needs to be your focus. Um, you know, obviously have a little bit on the side just to protect yourself if you lose your income or whatever the case is, but that should be your focus. Once that's down, Then it's just a matter of doing the math and looking at the interest rates on that debt, whichever stream of debt that might be, and then just tackling the the fastest growing ones, Mm -hmm. right? If you've got one growing at six and one growing at three, Mm -hmm. stop paying the three. Take whatever you're using to pay the three and pay it down towards the six Mm -hmm. and just start kind of systematically going through it like that. And then once you have, you know, anything down, I would say below, I mean... If you're a younger person, I would say anything below, let's say, between 6 and 8 to 9%, then I would say start having it, right? Start putting some toward your debt, and you want to mm-hmm. make sure the debt is shrinking, but at that point, you also have a reason to expect that your investment should grow faster than that. So you also want to be putting significant capital into the market.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's a good answer. Miss Janet, Very anything good. add on to that?
1: Mm, no, not really. But I would say, you know, for someone out there who's thinking about this, there, there. you can go online and get an investment calculator, start putting, putting some data in there, data points, and you'll see. It'll, you can put in, if I start with $1,000 and I add $20 a week, or start with zero and add $20 a week, and I'm earning 8% interest average over time, how much will that be in 10, 20, 30 years? And you for yourself can see how much that A little bit of sacrifice will grow for you. So,
2: yeah, that'll give the answer on how much of your paycheck, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, I think I've probably been talking most. I've probably been talking mostly to the people that aren't doing enough, and to them, I would just say however much you can, right? No matter what the amount is, however much you can. To others that are in a different place in life or that are you know strenuously preparing Mm -hmm. to reach your goals whether it's retirement or anything right. else, I would tell you do exactly what Janet just said, right? Mm-hmm. If you know that your goal, if you want to buy a house and you know that house costs X and you need 20% of X and mm-hmm. you want to be there in five years, okay, right. that's a goal. You want to buy a $400,000 house, you need 20%, okay. Mm-hmm. That's an easy target. And no, I shouldn't say easy. That's a very definable, clear mm-hmm. target. I need 80 grand. I've got 10K today.
1: Mm-hmm. How much do
2: I need to put away each month to get to 80K in five years? There's your goal. hmm there you go. So a lot of it, I think, is just, if I could boil it down, it's just mindfulness. It's thinking these things through. Right. Yeah, it's right. It's not just drifting through life, just going, well, it's going to be hard, so, ugh. you know, like, yeah, it's going to be hard. I get it. And it's not, it seems really far away, but no one ever got anywhere by not taking that first step. So just start.
1: I do think you have more advantages now, the young people, compared to when... When I started working, we didn't have 401ks or at least any job I had. Uh, <laughs> that was never an offering. So I think you automatically have that advantage to help you get started. And and certainly that's an amazing thing these days that will pay off, you know, 30, 40 years from now for, for that generation. But but gosh, yeah, you just you have to start. And. That's what I want to instill in my children and grand. And my, my girls are doing a good job of that, thankfully, um, right now. So so they have, I mean, they learned, you know, 10% of my income is, is for giving. 10% is for savings, you know, automatically. And then now, you know, I'm telling people 15%. Actually 20 if you want to do 15% for long-term investing and then 5% for... Uh, for your short-term needs, right? cash needs. So so anyway, but yep.
0: I think we hammered this home. I think
1: so. I think so.
0: <laughs> All right guys, thank you so much for your time. We'll see you next time. See you guys later.
1: Bye. If you have any questions
0: for Adam or Janet concerning this topic or anything else, please visit us at our home on the web, assetbuilder.com slash podcast. There you can find their contact information as well as the show notes for every episode. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not to be construed as an offer, solicitation, recommendation, or endorsement of any particular security, product, or service. For more information, visit assetbuilder.com.